right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is another week of Eagles football. We're feeling fine. We're flying high as the Eagles are coming off a 32 to 6 win over the Atlanta Falcons. It's Eagles Enemies, presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. KB coming at you from Underground Studios. And joining me is my go-to trusted 49ers insight, my man Taylor Worth, who is also celebrating a San Francisco Giants playoff berth under the direction of former Phillies manager Gabe Kapler. What's going on, Taylor? <laughs> What's going on? I'm doing good. Welcome back to the show. Uh, a lot has changed since the last time you were on. You have a blue check mark now. Congratulations. Mm. <laughs> um, the Giants are in the playoffs under a former Phillies manager, and the 49ers are just the 49ers. They're doing yeah. what they typically do. They win in very fun and convincing fashion, and uh, they're one to know as they beat the Detroit Lions by one of the best scores in sports history, 41 to 33. And they get hurt. You can't forget that. Very on brand for the 49ers as well, especially yeah. uh, the first guy we're going to talk about is Eagles legend Raheem Mostert. Mm. Hurt again. He's out for the season. What is it about Raheem Mostert that, like, he just can't stay healthy? I, I mean, at this point, you can't – I don't know. I guess the guy has the worst luck in football. I I don't know. I, he just – I mean <laughs> – he he's so good when he's on the field and if he stays healthy he could be one of the better running backs in the league but he's just he, it's impossible for him to stay healthy and it's really sad because he's a great guy great player um but honestly i have i have no answers for that because he just he's so injury plagued but yet the 49ers still have like just a revolving door mm-hmm. of like running backs that do very similar things and there's even newer ones in the fold this year who the the number one fantasy ad of the week is the newest 49ers running back. How does Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch just find these, you know, prototypical running backs that fit into Shanahan's system just like to a T and it's like, it, they're just like carbon copies of one another. Yeah. It seems like the, the mold that typically works with a guy like Marie Mostert or um, back in the day, a few years ago, Matt Breida or Elijah Mitchell. Now it's the really, really fast guys, those one cut guys who um, really just thrive in this system. So I think it's, they have a a prototype that they're looking for. And I think it's also a a lot has to do with the system. Um, But you're right. You know, with Mostert down, they have Elijah Mitchell now who's um, leading the charge and who I missed out on in fantasy and like all my leagues. and then they got a guy named Michael Hasty, who has been solid all of last year, who has showed flashes in the preseason this year, and who's a nice, uh, I guess, right now number two since Trey Sermon is not suiting up on game days. But uh, they got a guy on IR named Jeff Wilson Jr., who's going to come back this season, who's for a few years now has been solid whenever he's in. Um, he's a stud. So, But right now it's Elijah Mitchell, and if something happens to him, it's the next guy, and he'll be good. And it's the next guy, and he'll be good. So, like you said, it's a revolving door, and everyone they put in is productive. Yeah, I mean, they had Jarek McKinnon last year coming <laughs> off of, you know, what felt like a career-long injury, and he just yeah. produced for them. Uh, but you bring up, you know, Trey Sermon not being in the lineup, the whole Brandon Ayuk, you know, debacle here. I feel like we've heard more about, you know, coming off a win for the 49ers, but we've heard more drama surrounding some of these like players that a lot of people expected to be key contributors for them this year, getting benched, not being in the good graces of Kyle Shanahan. What have you been able to make of the situation of, you know, the quote unquote, these guys are getting blackballed by the coaching staff. They're being forced to the bench because they're learning how to be pros and, and all of this. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan's doghouse is uh, a, 
frightening place to be if you're a player. Um, we, we saw it with uh, former receiver Dante Pettis, who just was as deep in the doghouse as anyone could possibly be. I think he's still there. Yeah, he's not even on the team, but he's still there. Um, he, uh, Yeah, so with Ayuk and um, Trey Sermon, I, it, was, it came as a surprise to pretty much everybody that you know, everyone in the media that Trey Sermon didn't even suit up and Ayuk didn't even get, uh, he didn't even catch a pass in that game. But I, I, reading between the lines, I believe that both those guys, um, especially Ayuk, probably didn't finish training camp and the preseason as hard as they may have started. They probably got a little bit too comfortable. Um, so I think Kyle putting them in the doghouse for this game was kind of just to send a message like, hey, you know, I'm not afraid to bench you if other guys are outworking you. And it, in Ayuk's case, uh, receiver Trent Sherfield was outworking him. He's He was rising up the depth charts. He was working his you-know-what off. And, um, you know, I, I think Kyle took those guys and, he, you know, Ayuk suited up, but Trey Sermon didn't. But I think he took those two guys and he just said like, hey, you know, you're not going to play much this game. I want you know, I want to see more out of you. And, um, you know, hopefully it lights a fire under them. Obviously, Ayuk is a, a, a pretty big name player. He's supposed to be a huge part of this offense. So I don't think they're going to, you know, d- do what they did in week one throughout the season. So I think it's not a long term issue, but it was just a week where they're playing against a bad team that they were like, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to we're not going to give you much action and we, we want you to earn it. Yeah, the, the Ayuk one, I think, was the more surprising one just because mm-hmm. had such an electric rookie year coming in, such high expectations to take that next leap, and then it's just like, oh, he's not really playing. Yeah, but at the same time, I guess there's a little bit of that with Ayuk, but also this offense, which Jimmy Garoppolo has said multiple times this week, but it's week by week, it's a new guy. So sometimes, you know, maybe Ayuk was a little bit in the doghouse or maybe the offense just, you know, it didn't work that way that week where Ayuk was targeted. And, um, you know, it's a week by week thing. There's always a different guy every week. Next week, it could be George Kittle for all we know, or Brandon Ayuk for that matter. So it, I think that was just partly how the game script worked. And I think it was also Kyle kind of making a point. With, uh, you know, you brought up Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance gets drafted this year. Are you on the same page as myself and a few others thinking that Kyle Shanahan's trying to trigger the two quarterback system in the NFL? Um, I mean, I think it's pretty clear with what he did in the preseason and what he did uh, in week one. I mean, he clearly wants to get both of them out there at the same time. Um, And I think there's obviously advantages to that as we've seen. So I think I, I would say yes for now, just because that's what it looks like. But I'm someone who is very weary of that strategy, just because I was not a fan of the uh, Drew Brees, Taysom Hill thing. It just, I, I didn't like it at all. Um, obviously, that's not what they would do with Trey, because they're not going to have him catching passes. But uh, I think it's very interesting. It keeps opposing defenses on their toes. They got a plan for both of them. Um you know, even if you put Trey in and he doesn't run, they got to prepare for a run. So there's some trickery there that I think could be a good advantage. Um, but at some point, I would like to just, you know, if Jimmy's not playing up to par or he's hurt, just just put Trey in there. Uh, you know, let let him do everything and just you know give the reins to him. But I, I would prefer, I, I wouldn't prefer them to do a whole lot of this. Just maybe once in a while, a couple times throughout the game. Because I think the way 
Kyle Shanahan's trying to do it because he's one of the smarter coaches in the league. The way it seems like he's trying to navigate it is he has, here's the playbook for Jimmy, here's the playbook for Trey. Mm -hmm. They're going to have plays where they come in and it's not, you know, like the Drew Brees, Taysom Hill thing where Taysom Hill's lining up at tight end and, you know, being the most overpaid tight end playing quarterback in the NFL. Um, But they're going to come in and play quarterback, but they just have different playbooks for them. Yeah. And I think we saw that last week. He, uh, before, or when Trey came in or before he came in, he had, he, we saw him flip his play sheet to the other side and he, he has a section on there for Trey. That's what they, they, the broadcast kind of showed that, which was interesting. So he definitely has certain plays and packages that he has prepared ready for Trey. Were you surprised by the Trey Lance pick? Um, no, I, I think Trey was always kind of, uh, I guess a safer option between Justin Fields, Mac Jones. Like I was a Justin Fields guy. A lot of people thought it was going to be Mac Jones. And then there's Trey Lance who was like, okay, I can definitely see Kyle taking this guy. He's a little bit more raw, but he was kind of always the guy that everyone assumed would be a Kyle Shanahan guy, but maybe a little bit more of a project. So I wasn't really surprised. I was more relieved that it wasn't Mac Jones and that's not, you know, a huge knock against Mac Jones. He's playing well right now at the Patriots and he could have a great career, but it was just like with this offense, I wanted to see, you know, a a more two dimensional quarterback and someone who brought more and more, more excitement, more ability. So I I was definitely relieved um, that it was Trey. And uh, what's it like having the most overpriced trade wide receiver on this roster with Mohamed Sanu? (laughs) Uh, Oh man, he, He's a guy that I'm glad he's there just because, you know, he's a veteran receiver. He's been in this offense and um, it looks like he's got a little something left. So he, he's a nice piece, but he's uh, when he came over, I expected so much more out of him. And he's kind of just he doesn't he, he hasn't really lived up to my expectations, but I'm I'm glad he's there. We don't have much depth behind Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. So him along with Trent Sherfield are, you know, a good three, four um at the in the middle of that roster. So I'm glad he's there. I, I kind of want to see more of him though. And I feel like it's one of those questions that's going to be asked about every team since you brought up, you know, lack of wide receiver depth. Now that he's, you know, on track to be reinstated once again, would you want Josh Gordon on this team? <laughs> oh my God. Um, uh, probably not just because it's just like, I mean, I don't, I don't really see the point. Um, you, you know, they could use some more depth, but at the same time, it's like, I just feel like it's a headache and he, you know, he, when was the last time he played, he played with the Seahawks last year. Mm-hmm. And he was, I think he was pretty decent from what I remember. And, you know, depending on what he has, he could still be pretty decent, but it's just like, I don't know. I'm just, I, if you asked me a couple of years ago, like when he was on the Seahawks, I would have said absolutely yes, but probably not anymore. And, you know, George Kittle is arguably, you know, tight end one a in the NFL, uh, um, I mean, I feel like he's just a, a matchup nightmare. What's kind of the expectations for him this season in this offense since you brought up, you know, the lack of wide receiver depth and then Brandon Ayuk barely playing last Sunday. What do you view the expectations for George Kittle in this offense with it being, you know, there are some moving parts with the Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance effect. You know, how do you view George Kittle being utilized this year? Is it kind of, you know, status quo for him or do you expect – you know, a bit of a, an uptick in his production. I would say I, I would operate as if it's status quo for now, just because 
when it comes to George, they're no matter who's the quarterback, no matter what the situation, and they're always going to target him. He's always going to get, you know, a huge bulk of those snaps. Um, so I, I would imagine he's, if he's healthy, he's, you know, a, a thousand plus yard tight end um, with, but one thing I'd like to see more out of him though, is more touchdowns. He's always been like a thousand plus yard guy, but with, you know, three, four five touchdowns. So hopefully they can get him some more touchdowns, but you know, I would I would probably just imagine him, you know, producing the same as he's been the past few years. Um, I I am curious to see how his volume compares when he when we have a healthy Debo Samuel and a healthy Brandon Ayuk because last year was the first year that we had two you know good promising receivers in the offense, but they weren't healthy at the same time. So it was either Debo was hurt or Ayuk was hurt or Kittle was hurt, and all three of them weren't in the same offense a lot last year. So that's what I'm curious to see. I'm not worried about it affecting Kittle too much, but that's something that I think could absolutely play a role. But for now, I I think it's just George Kittle as usual. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work and with the rise of streaming platforms new tv shows and movies are popping up every single week and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch well that's where streamer season comes in the exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for tv and movies on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network join me kb and a plethora of our hosts right here at usp breaking down all the new tv and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. And it's almost like if all three of those guys are healthy, it's very like eerily similar to what Kansas City does. Yeah. Like they have the fast running backs. They have the, the big body number one tight end. And then you have the speed receivers on the outside. Yeah, they're. It's definitely very similar. Um, I, I do, I, I do think you know the Niners receivers and with Kittle and um, the the Brandon Ayuk and uh, Debo Samuel, they're definitely a lot tougher in my opinion. You know, I, I love Tyree Kill, but I mean these are guys that can you know bully opposing defenders and you know truck their way down the field and push guys off them. So it's a little bit different in that sense, but absolutely, is I do see some similarity similarities with Kansas City. Do you think last season, you know, on top of pandemic year and then coming off the Super Bowl loss, was it kind of like that Super Bowl hangover for the 49ers where it was like, we kind of just have to regroup, refine ourselves, get over these injuries that, you know, the the Meadowlands field ate us up with <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll try and get back at it in 2021? Yeah, I I think it was definitely a little bit of a hangover in the beginning and then it result and like a hangover where you like fell down the stairs and broke like all your bones, which p- pretty much was the Niners last season, obviously, because they got hurt. Um, but yeah, I think last season was definitely, if you ask any of them, it pissed them all off just because of, you know, but the bad luck they had, the underperforming they did. Um, it was just a recipe for disaster. And this season there, if they're healthy, you know, I, I think they're going to be fired up and they're going to really, you know, stick it to opposing teams and do whatever there's pretty much, I I would imagine Kyle Shanahan operating um, 
you know, without much of a mercy rule this year, just because he's after what they went through last year, they just, they're just tired of it. And they just want to, you know, they just want to stick it to opposing teams. And not only was the Kyle Shanahan hat, the one to leave this year, he lost a couple coaches, Robert Salagos of the jets. What do you think the 49ers are going to miss most about what he brought to this team as a, as a coach on this staff? Um, I think the first thing is probably just, you know, his, his energy and his fire. Um, he, uh, his clips of him, you know, would go viral every week of him jumping around on the sidelines and him fired up and he's, he's a very energetic guy. And I think that's what they're going to miss most just because, you know, the new DC, uh, D'Amico Ryans is very similar to Salah. It's a very similar scheme. Um, it's not much different. He's been there for years. Uh, Eagles legend D'Amico Ryans. Yeah. Yeah. And the guys know him. So I, I think there's a lot of familiarity there, but personality wise, I think Sala was definitely more fiery and more energetic. And, um, you know, the guys really took to that. And, you know, with D'Amico being there for as long as he has, like on the coaching staff, kind of like learning under Salah, learning what Kyle does as a head coach. How do you view, you know, what he's going to bring to the table this year, his first time, you know, commanding a defense in that coordinator position, with a bunch of, you know, big name guys on this defense. Yeah, I don't honestly I don't see um, you know, much of a of a, a roadblock ahead for him. I, I think it's very like I said it's going to be very similar. Um, you know, the thing that we could see are maybe some rookie mistakes from the first time DC, um, which may we maybe could have pointed to last week against the Lions in the fourth quarter there. Um, but I'm not too concerned there just because you know, the, the scheme, you can keep the scheme the same, but it pretty much all matters about, you know, th- that pass rush up front with Nick Bosa and uh, in the middle of the field with Fred Warner and in the secondary with guys like Jimmy Ward or um, Chikwaski Tart or, you know, whoever's back there. So as long as the cornerstone guys are there, I think it makes the, a new defensive coordinator's job really easy. Um, but like I said, we're I'm fully expecting some murky mistakes and growing pains from him. Now, on this defense, one thing is, so far, outside of one, they're pretty healthy, which yeah. I think was a, a big issue last year as well. There's a lot of big names on this defense, a lot of guys that are going to you know, try and go after my guy, Jalen Hurts, who looks <laughs> pretty good against yeah. the Falcons. Um, how do you view, just from a, a pass rush standpoint, what guys like Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, Kinlaw, DJ Jones are going to try to do to disrupt a, a very veteran-heavy Eagles offensive line on Sunday and try to get through and, and cause some, you know, headaches for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I, I think when Nick Bosa, it's kind of a given that he's going to be a disruptor each and every week and he's going to play a role. I, I, I think, you know, no matter what team we face, he's he's going to be that guy. So I'm not I'm not worried about him. Um, I'm very last week we saw the return of D Ford, who didn't play at all last year and missed a lot of time in 2019. And um but the Niners, I think, view him as kind of like found money because he was a guy who, I mean, not a lot of people thought he would ever play in the NFL again. And he was a guy who a lot of people thought would be cut by the team. And um, But he's healthy again, and he's contributing. And he's all of a sudden um, a force to be reckoned with on third down, which nobody thought they would get. So that's a huge shot in the arm. Um, but they also have guys like Eric Armstead up the middle and, um, second year DT, uh, Javon Kinlaw, who didn't play last week, but could play this week. Um, he's the one I'm kind of looking at as the X factor on this defensive line, just because 
I think everyone else is pretty much solid with you know what they're going to do and their expectations. So he's he's someone who he bulked up in the offseason and he's I mean just looking at him he's a freak. But I, I want to see it more on the field and um, you know if he can really shore up the center of that defensive line then I think that they're you know they can return to that 2019 level of dominance. Fred Warner got paid this offseason. Um, he's like a guy that is so damn good, but I feel like he doesn't get talked mm-hmm. about enough on a grand scale. Like I'm sure, you know, San Francisco fans and, and people in California are talking about Fred Warner a ton, but I feel like he's a guy that doesn't get nearly enough hype about how good he is and what he brings to a defense. Yeah. And I think about, all the other, you know, great linebackers in the league. Um, and I feel like that's the case for a few of them. Like, like I don't hear much about Darius Leonard. Um, and, you know, obviously he's one of, if you know, one of the top three or so linebackers out there. And the only one who I think gets the most recognition is probably Bobby Wagner. Um, and then I guess, um, who's the the linebacker for the, the Bucks? Uh, Devin White. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like those two, I hear the most about, and then, then like guys like Warner and, um, uh, Darius Leonard and a couple other guys I don't hear much about. So I'm not really sure what the the narrative around linebackers, um, you know, what 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 causes that. But it is very strange that we don't hear more about Fred Warner. But, you know, it, I guess if you follow the game, you know, Fred Warner is consistently, you know, one of the best. So it, it's weird. But if you ask him, I, I don't think he cares much about it. I feel like linebackers are the, the defensive uh you know, joint part to what running backs are on the offense in the eyes of a lot of NFL fans. It's like, oh, we can find a linebacker anywhere. We can Mm -hmm. find a running back anywhere. But when you have that dominant, you know, force at that position, you can't replicate it. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, Jason Verrett, unfortunately, gets hurt this week. Done for the season. You guys bring in Drake Kirkpatrick. Um, what are you expecting from this 49ers secondary this year that doesn't have a lot of big names, obviously like Jimmy Ward, Jaquiski Tart are there, but on the outsides going up against these Eagles wide receivers that showed off a ton of speed against the Falcons were able to beat, you know, their defensive backs in a number of matchups from Devonte Smith to Jalen Rager. I think the speed there is, is something that's going to be a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams. How do you view this 49er secondary matching up against the Eagles speed at the wide receiver position? We all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey. Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Cremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Yeah, it's it's that out of the two injuries, um, you know, between him and uh, Moser, that was obviously the most concerning just because you look at that cornerback depth and, you know, on the other side, you have Emmanuel Mosley, who's a solid corner. He's, you know, he's not a big name, but he's, he's, he's fine. He'll, he'll be solid on that, on the left side there. But other than that, you got two rookies in Diamador Lenore and um, uh, 
uh, Ambry Thomas, who are they're they're both they've both shown some flashes, especially Lenore, who's shown shown out really well in training camp. So I I'm intrigued to see how they do, but at the same time, you don't want to go you don't want to rely on rookie corners, especially guys drafted in the fifth round like them, um, you know, right out of the gate. So it's a little bit concerning. Um, you know, they, they, they signed Josh Norman, they have Drake Kirkpatrick. So they have a couple veterans who, you know, offer some nice depth, but it's still not very reassuring. Luckily they have a defensive line who could kind of offset that pain a little bit. Um, it's I'm I'm a, I'm definitely a little bit concerned, but if these two rookies who have shown out very nicely already continue to show out and you know establish themselves as starters, then I think it could be a huge shot in the arm. But I think right now there's a lot of concern there. Do you think John Lynch is still resting, or is he planning on cutting Dante Johnson again? Um, I mean, if history if history shows us he's going to cut him and he's going to come back and he's going to cut like he's I would imagine he gets cut again this year and I would imagine he comes back again this year. It's just how it works. He signed like I, I think he's signed he's been cut or signed and come back like seven different times now. Um, so he's he's there and when he's on the field he's he's okay. He's he's not horrible, but he's not great. So. He's familiar with the system, and I think that's what really intrigues them, just because he knows, you know, everything inside and out. But yeah, I, he's he's probably on his way out, and he's probably on his way back again. <laughs> uh, do you think John Lynch is like the biggest fan of former Philadelphia Eagles? What do you mean? Uh, because I'm looking at the 49ers practice squad right now, and there are oh, about okay. five former Eagles on your guys' practice squad. Uh, and a ton of them from the Super Bowl team. Nate Sudfeld is on your practice squad. Uh, former wide receiver, now tight end Jordan Matthews is on the practice squad. Uh, Nate Gary, River Craycraft. It just seems like John Lynch likes signing former Eagles. I didn't even notice that until you brought that up. Yeah, that, I'm looking at it now. That's there's a few, <laughs> few former Eagles there. So yeah, I mean maybe I either I that know. or they're sleeper agents. Yeah, I don't know if there's any connection between John Lynch and someone you know in the Eagles organization, but yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> Plus, you know, D'Amico Ryan's is there. You got yeah. uh, you know practice squad in 2015 Raheem Mostert there's mm-hmm. there's a few connections there and, um do you think Jordan Matthews ever plays tight end in the NFL by the way um I feel like it's just one of those things where he's like clinging on trying to get one last shot at being on a field but it, it almost seems like it's over for him yeah I'm trying to remember how he looked in camp uh I think I think he looked okay from what I remember. I, I don't think he's going to play tight end for the Niners, and if he does, then I think something horribly has gone wrong, which hopefully nothing does. But, um, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past him. I probably wouldn't say it's likely, but, you know, it seems like a lot of guys just convert to tight end when they want another shot. They're like, oh, this is the easiest position. Let me just convert to tight end and then try t- tight ends around the league. are like, hey, <laughs> wait a minute. This is like you don't know what we do and you don't know, you know, half of it. So it's some of them might be a little bit offended by some of these conversions, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I hope that he doesn't play for the Niners just because, you know, that, that doesn't mean good things for George Kittle. So um, I, I would probably lean no on that. I know this was a couple weeks ago, but how did you feel about the former 49er on former 49er son crime with Trent Dilfer and Phil Dawson's kid 
yelling at him on the sidelines. Oh God. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, uh, that, that was, that was hard to watch just because it was, you could like, that's what football coaches do. And that's, you know, that's football. So like what he did wasn't surprising, but just like seeing it against kids who just like, aren't used to that. And, yeah. um, you know, kids who, who aren't prepared for, you know, that kind of coaching. It was just like, uh, I, I, cause I used to play football as a kid. And I was like, Oh my God, that brings back so many bad. Yes. <laughs> and then you find out it's Phil Dawson's kid and it's just yeah. like, Oh, this is, you know, former 49er <laughs> on 49er crime right there. Oh man. Um, you know, before the Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance thing happened, there were talks about Aaron Rodgers. Did you ever think that that was going to come to fruition, or do you think it was all just kind of, you know, smoke screens? Um, I I actually did think there was a chance of it just because of what happened with Tom Brady. Um, you know, Tom Brady had a chance to become a Niner, and the Niners, you know, they, they kicked the tires, but they ultimately decided no, and he went on to win a Super Bowl and have a great season. So I think they... They may have approached that opportunity with a mindset of, okay, maybe we shouldn't make this mistake twice, which I thought, okay, maybe Aaron Rodgers could be a Niner. But at the same time, I think they were also very invested in drafting, you know, one of their quarterbacks. So I I didn't think it would happen, but I definitely thought there was a strong possibility, um, you know, if, if we weren't reading the tea leaves correctly, which we were, but I, I did think there was a chance just because of what happened with Brady. Do you buy into, you know, the 49ers coming across from the West Coast to the East Coast this week to Philadelphia? Did you buy into, you know, the, the West Coast to East Coast travel kind of, you know, messes with teams' heads a little bit, kind of throws the schedule off a bit and trying to adjust to that? I think it definitely plays a role. Um, the Niners, what they've done, you know, the entire Kyle Shanahan era is they – when they have a back-to-back East Coast road trip, they stay on the East Coast, which they're doing right now. They're in um, the Greenbrier, which is – I don't know where that is. It's somewhere on the East Coast. But um, they're they're staying there right now, and they it, – apparently it seems to help them just because um, they've had success coming off those those – first, <clears throat> excuse me, those first East Coast road trips. They, you know, historically I believe have won – uh, at least I think a couple of those three games that they've done that each year. So they, they have this strategy where they stay on the East coast for two weeks and um, it helps them a lot. And I think if they weren't, it would definitely, you know, impact my, my picks for this week, but they're, they're a team that really, I, it seems like they really believe in that East coast travel. Um, you know, they, they, they've done this every single year. So I, I would say, yeah, it's definitely, it definitely plays a role. If I were the 49ers, I would have just asked, you know, Robert Slaw if they could have crashed at his place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I would imagine that he's got a nice cushy place now out there in New York. To get the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. How do you view, you know, I think last week's game for the Eagles was won because the Eagles defensive line was just able to overpower the Falcons very subpar offensive line. I think the 49ers line is much better than what the Falcons are throwing out there. But how do you view that matchup going into Sunday where 
I feel like a lot of people are underrating and underrated the Eagles defensive line coming into the season, but it's like there's a lot of returning guys who have been on this team for years now that are still playing at a very high level. How do you view the 49ers O-line managing, you know, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, guys like Josh Sweat, Javon Hargrave, and the rest of the Eagles defensive line rotation? Yeah, I think that's definitely a factor in this game that I think could give the 49ers a headache. They, they've, they've gone up against you know, strong defensive lines for the past few years. They're, they're all too familiar with it. And, you know, in the NFC West with guys like Aaron Donald and um, Chandler Jones and Arizona. So they, they're, they know they've prepared, you know, as well as they can for, you know, guys like Fletcher Cox and um, you know, the, the guys you've mentioned on the defensive line. So I think that'll, it'll play a role. And I think, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo does not do good under pressure. So um, that could go sideways, but like you said, the Niners offensive line is pretty solid. Um, it's not, you know, the best offensive line, but it's, it's pretty good. And I think they'll be able to hold their own. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, teams have been underrating the Eagles and their defensive line. I think that coming into this game, you know, a week ago, I guess, before the season started, the, a lot of people around the Niners were looking at week one and week two as easy wins. You know, the, the Lions obviously were, you know, not a good team and that was an easy win, but this one, a lot of people thought, okay, they're going to go to Philly, um, you know, new, new coach, new quarterback, um, you know, that's going to be another pretty solid win. They'll start off two and out, but now last week Philly had, you know, a great game against Atlanta and they crushed them and the defense looked great. Jalen hurts looked great. And the one area over the defensive line, that's more of a concern in my eyes is Jalen hurts just because, this defensive line historically playing against guys like Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. And um, they, they played against Lamar Jackson in 2019 and they struggled against mobile quarterbacks. That's, that's kind of been their kryptonite over the years is just the mobile quarterback. So if you ask me, you know, which, which part of this Eagles team is the most concerning for the 49ers, I would definitely point to Jalen hurts over the defensive line, just because historically they they've had trouble containing him. So containing guys like that. So if they contain Jalen Hurts, then I think they have a good shot, but that's the one area that's uh that sticks out to me. And, you know, with his with Jalen Hurts' ability to move around, plus he's got I think, you know, again, an underrated arm, he can move the ball down the field to use the speed of the receivers that the Eagles have. It could be, you know, one of those one-two knockout punches where the 49ers outside on the secondary, not the greatest, you know, mm-hmm. shape that you'd want it to be in and the speed and the youth of the Eagles wide receiver core could really get downfield and burn the 49ers defense for some big plays. Yeah. I, I, like I said, again, that's the one area that's really like makes me nervous just because they just, they've historically, they've just not done very well against these kind of quarterbacks. So again, Jalen hurts. He obviously has not proven nearly as much as a guy like Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray or any of these other mobile quarterbacks. So again, it could it could go sideways if he's faced with pressure and we, we still have to learn more about him. So, um, you know, I, I'm not going to say that, you know, that, that, that puts the Eagles in at an advantage right now, just because there's still, I think in my eyes, some question marks with that team, but it's definitely an area that uh, if the Niners, if the Eagles are to beat the Niners on Sunday, I think Jalen Hurts is going to play a big role. And do you think, you know, going back to the defensive line too, do you think if there is a lot of pressure, kind of throwing Jimmy Garoppolo off. We'll see more of Trey Lance. Um, that's a good question because 
I think if if they are to make that switch, I would have always pictured it being an injury related thing, just because if if the Niners are down big and you know an opposing defense is really giving them headaches, I would be weary of putting in the rookie to a situation that I would I would be weary of putting in a rookie into a negative game script like that, just because. You know, a guy like Trey who hasn't played much in the past two years, I think they really need to tiptoe or they need to toe the line between, you know, getting him reps and not ruining that early development. So it's tricky. I If the Eagles are to cause havoc against Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I would probably still give Jimmy a little bit more rope just because I, I'm not fond of how that could impact Trey. But at the same time, you know, if they're really getting the Jimmy Trey's mobile ability could probably fix some of those issues. So I would probably lean more towards keeping Jimmy in and letting him try and work through it um, than switching to Trey, but maybe, maybe Kyle can incorporate Trey a little bit more, um, you know, against the Eagles this week. And all I'm saying is good luck with another North Dakota state university (laughs) from one to another. Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, I didn't even really see how how well um, he did in Week One with the Colts. Uh, was it how how did he do? I didn't pay attention. From a from an Eagles fan perspective, he played a hundred percent of the snaps, which is great for us getting, uh, <laughs> you know, that first overall pick, that first round pick from the Colts. Uh, but he threw for two hundred fifty one yards, two touchdowns. He was holding on to the ball way too long, and Colts writers mm-hmm. and everything are blaming it on the offensive line, and it's like. Eh, we we yeah. know a thing or two about what's happening right now, guys. It's not your offensive line. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. You already know. I think that's how it always goes. Like like, we're at like Chelsea. (laughs) What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Bins time. What's up? We're back. Yeah, I kind of with Carson. I kind of felt like he had a had kind of similar mental roadblocks as like a Sam Darnold. Just mm-hmm. kind of like the the situation kind of maybe ruined him mentally a little bit, but. With him, I think there's still a lot of talent there and obviously a lot of potential, but I'm really interested to see how he does away from Philly. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be quite interesting to see how it all plays out, if he can stay healthy, which you know Eagles fans are hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I'm definitely intrigued by that. You've been on the show before, Taylor. Uh, we're adding a bit of a new fun kind of twist question to wrap things up. Um, being that it's the 49ers week, if you had to recast the three main gentlemen from Full House with 49ers players, <laughs> who would you pick? Who would Taylor wear? It's 49ers, Full House, uh, um, Danny Tanner, Uncle Joey, and Uncle Jesse B. Well, I think if <sighs> Uncle Jesse, I, I mean, I, I think I'd probably pick Jimmy Garoppolo just because, you know, the the handsomeness factor i guess but uh <laughs> uncle joey i'd probably lean that, that seems like a george kittle to me just the goofy um the goofy funny walking around with a puppet yeah that, that seems like george kittle and then danny tanner that would probably be man um who's really got to stick up their ass no i'm just kidding um, <laughs> who likes to be clean I would probably put that I'd probably label that as Kyle Shanahan just because he's he's very meticulous he's very you know by his own set of rules and um yeah I, I think Kyle Shanahan would probably be a Danny Tanner That's I a like question that. by the way <laughs> <laughs> um so you're nervous about Jalen Hurts you're nervous about the defensive line the 49ers looked great last week uh how do you see this game playing out Yeah I I can't remember what I predicted last year. I, I probably predicted a win, and then of course it resulted in a loss. And um, who was that one receiver, by the way, who like exploded during the middle of the week? Travis Fulgham. Yeah, is he still around? He's on our practice squad. Okay. Yeah, I remember I was preparing for this, and I was like, "Who was that one guy who <laughs> just showed up out of nowhere and like destroyed us?" Um, I this week I, you know, they're healthy, so I think I would have to predict a win just because. You know, I, I look at the two rosters, and I, I do think the 49ers have the better roster. Um, I don't think it's going to be, you know, an easy win, like people have said, going into the season. I think, you know, there's a lot to like about the about the Eagles, and I think that, you know, there's a couple situations where I could see them pulling out a win, or, or I could see them falling to the Eagles. And um, But, you know, until proven otherwise, I think I'm going to predict probably like a Probably like a, a twenty-four, like seventeen Niners win, something close, uh, competitive. Um, you know, the Niners defense I don't think is gonna completely shut down the Eagles. Um, so I, I think it's definitely gonna be a lot closer than people think. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. I think it's a real litmus test for Nick mm -hmm. Sirianni as a coach, like going into last week, like you're coaching up against a, a first time head coach, but now you're going up against a guy who's been to the Super Bowl multiple times as a coordinator and as a head coach. It's a, a veteran team along the defensive line. Uh, it's going to be a test for Jalen Hurts. So I'm definitely excited for this game to kind of see where the Eagles are, through, even though it's two weeks, kind of see where they're at coming off a win, see how they handle that. And uh, I'm looking forward to having fans back at Lincoln Financial Field as well. I think it's going to be an electric environment on Sunday uh, down in South Philly. So it's going to be a fun one. Looking forward to it. I'm sure you and I will have uh, some fun you know, tweets and everything throughout the game. But, Taylor, you know, we talked about top of the show. A lot of new things have changed since the last time you were on the show. You're also at a new place covering this 49ers team. Uh, so let everybody know where they can uh, check you out on social media, read all your stuff, and uh, see all your Gabe Kapler tweets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at WorthTM still. Um, I'm, I'm with NBC Sports Bay Area now, so I'm, it's just NBCSportsBayArea.com, I think, slash slash author slash Taylor worth or something. Um, it's linked in my, all my profiles. So um, yeah, new location, but still same mediocre tweets and uh, 
yeah, so I'm I'm definitely enjoying it so far. You're the best, man. It's always a blast uh, talking shop with you. And good luck to the Giants. I'm rooting for Gabe because I <laughs> definitely know the Phillies are not making the playoffs this year. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening and checking out Eagles Enemies. The support for this show is the reason it sticks around year after year. Make sure you guys are following us on social media at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Make sure you check out our website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast, be a friend, tell a friend. And subscribe, 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 and leave a five-star rating and review to let us know how you're feeling about each and every Eagles matchup throughout the season. We hope you guys enjoy Season 4 of Eagles Enemies, presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia, and we'll catch you on the gridiron next week. Go Birds!